0: Hello shipmates and welcome back to another episode of the Navy guy podcast. This is episode three with a record date of April the 29th, 2013. And this is your host pod and podcast creator, Rusty. Again, if you've forgotten, I'm a STS one in the U S Navy reserves. And again, back here with the Navy guy podcast. Uh, I want to start off by uh, reading some comments or a comment that was left on uh, the YouTube page. Listen to me, not the YouTube page, but the iTunes page. And uh, it's by Mike B. Wright. Mike says, I stumbled upon your podcast and decided to check you out. I just wanted you to know that someone is listening. I was in the Navy from 1996 to 2004, and I served aboard the USS Kitty Hawk. Mike, thanks for your service to to the country and to the U.S. Navy. And uh, I actually went to uh, the Navy Law Enforcement Academy with a uh, with the gentleman who was on the USS Kitty Hawk. Uh, not sure. Actually, yeah, it probably was during during the same time that you were there. He was a he was an Airedale kind of guy. Of course, you know who's who else would be on the Kitty Hawk, but the Airedale kind of guys. Anyway, he uh, he he told me some horror stories about shooting planes off off the uh, the flight deck of the old. Well, I won't even go into the uh, the the slang name that that you guys called the Kitty Hawk but uh anyway thanks Mike I I really appreciate the feedback and uh actually sir um uh, if it weren't for you I probably would not be making episode three so your comment came along just at the right time uh I want to talk about um uh, just a few things in this podcast and uh I'll uh I'll briefly just just give you a kind of a rundown I want to talk about the, uh, the enlisted training symposium that I just came back from in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the uh, chief selection board that's coming up and, uh, living within a margin. That's going to be kind of the meat and potatoes of this, uh, this episode. Anyway, the, uh, the enlisted training symposium was put on by, uh, the submarine force reserve component. And, uh, it happens twice a year. And, um, in various places, but this time it was in uh, Norfolk, Virginia, over on the uh, the Dam Neck Base, the the uh, Dam Neck Annex. I want to thank uh, Captain Scott Lynn, Chief Stifler, and Chief Weaver. Uh, those those folks. Well, Captain Lynn, obviously, I mean, he he uh, supported the whole thing, and he is uh, the the uh, uh, Detachment Delta commanding officer. And while it was an enlisted training symposium, we did have a couple of uh, couple of officers who graced us with their presence, and uh, Captain Scott Lynn was one of them. Put on a real good brief uh, Saturday morning, uh, excellent brief. Just kind of gave us a uh, you know an overview of uh, where we're at right now in the submarine force, and uh, it was very informative. Uh, also, Lieutenant Potlone, uh was was an absolute just great trainer and uh, his uh, his expertise in the submarine force really uh, added value to the to the whole symposium other than that everyone else was enlisted and uh, all the chiefs and petty officers did an excellent job in making this uh, this enlisted training symposium a great success and I really enjoyed it and actually can't wait to go back so next on the list is the uh, the chief selection board now um the uh the selection board eligible results came out a few weeks ago and I'm a little late uh getting this on a podcast but hey it is what it is uh but I want to clarify a few things the uh kind of talk about the way uh the the whole selection board process works for uh first class petty officers uh trying to achieve the uh, the pay grade uh, of of a chief petty officer and to join those ranks first off we take a test and uh, we take that test once a year in uh January or February. if you're active duty it's it's one time if you're reserve it's another but it's a it's a standard navy wide advancement exam just like everybody else takes and uh you you pass the test. And if you make within a certain you know a certain percentage uh, you uh you become selection board eligible and the, all that means is your name goes uh, actually not your name but your your service record now goes in front of the the chief selection board and then they basically choose who they want to become chief petty officers so why am I mentioning this well uh, a couple of my chiefs, you know, sent out the uh, the congratulations for those of us who made the selection board, and I did make the selection board. By the way, uh, this will be, I think, my third or fourth year uh, making board. So, uh, I, and I still have plenty of years to go. So, if I don't make it this year, uh, you know, better luck next year for me. But anyway, after they uh, they sent out the congratulations. I started getting text messages from, uh, from my fellow sailors congratulating me on making chief. And of course I had to correct them and, uh, let them know that, nope, I'm not a chief. I just made board. That's it. It's just one more step in the process. And, um, uh, so anyway, uh, just understand that the, uh, the selection board is much different than actually making chief. Of course you have to make make board before you can even think about becoming a chief so uh, like I said it's just another step along the way okay so let uh, you know while we're talking about the uh, the chief selection board and uh, for those of you reserve uh, enlisted guys who are who made selection board uh, I want to refer you to navadmin006-13 and uh, the the subject of that is the revised enlisted reserve and full time support CPO selection board schedule. And uh, I'm going to cut through the fluff. You can look that up if you want to on uh, npc.navy.mil. Again, that's navadmin zero zero six dash one three. But I want to hit the uh, hit the timeline real quick. So uh, the timeline says that on twenty second June. Uh, 2013, all reserve CPO candidates who are changing rates must be in their new rating by this date to be considered in their new rating. By June, correction, by July 1st of 2013, a letter to the board for reserve CPO selection board eligible candidates must be received at Navy Personnel Command Customer Service Center. And then 22 July, the reserve CPO selection board convenes. So your package has to be at PERS by 1 July, not postmarked by 1 July, but received at Personnel Command Customer Service Center by 1 July. And you can either send that via mail, uh, regular mail, no, no priority mail, no uh, you know return receipt requested, nothing like that, just regular mail, or you can send it via email. And there are other, let me go back, let me see here. Uh, You can refer to NAVADMIN308-12 for the cell res and NAVADMIN294-12 for the full-time support folks. And the uh, email address will be laid out in that NAVADMIN as well. So as you know, this, this podcast is designed my, my main goal in the design for this podcast is to ease the transition for active duty sailors coming into the reserves and ease the transition for new non uh, prior service sailors coming into the Navy reserves who, who have zero Navy experience other than boot camp. So talking about living in a margin or living with margin in your life. Let me just say this, folks. This is the Navy. It's not high school. It's not your normal workplace. It's the Navy. It's a military organization with a hierarchy and a chain of command, plain and simple. Uh, it's an all-volunteer organization, which means you don't have to come in, which also means you can leave any you want. And in the reserves, it's real easy just don't show up for a few drills and you'll be processed out with an administrative separation real simple so living living within margin last drill uh not the uh, not the one in Norfolk but my normal drill at my normal drilling station i had the great displeasure of counseling a young sailor who failed his third BCA, so his body fat was over the the maximum that he could be for his age and height and all that stuff. He failed. It was his third one. He's a young guy, probably twenty three or less, and he's gonna get booted out of the navy. So okay, so you're thinking margin, what does that have to do with anything? Here's the thing. You know what the rules are. I'm not exempt from them. Uh, no one is. You know what the rules are. So why? why and I, no discredit to this young sailor. None at all. Like the guy. Wish he could stay. And and hopefully uh, his special request will, will get approved and he'll get another chance. But, you know, the Navy says... for males and it's higher for females so why even get close to that why not do all that you can do and try the best that you can to stay well below that and give yourself plenty of margin you know we all ebb and flow with our weight I do uh, more than I'd like probably ebbs up uh, on the higher side more than than what I would like why, why not, why can't we just keep our weight, um, uh, to a point where we've got 10 pounds of, of grace. And now I know that, that other people, you know, a lot of people have, have their body composition as such that they will never make weight and they'll always have to, to do a, a body fat, uh, percent type measurement. But if that's the case, keep it low. You know, try to come in at twenty-two per, or twenty uh, percent. Give yourself some margin there. The same thing with the uh, with the, the actual personal physical assessment. You know, the the PFA. Do do the best you can. Train. Don't be that guy that or that gal that runs three miles a year, and then complains and cries when when they get kicked out because they failed their third one. Train. You're in the military. It it is what it is. The the navy. And the military in general uses the the physical fitness standards as a force shaping tool in a couple of ways. Uh, it's kind of a kind of a pun, kind of a play on phrases. but they want to keep you in shape by making the standards uh, higher, but they also use it to kick people out and uh, and lower and draw down the military. And if you didn't realize it, we're in uh, kind of a drawdown period for the military. So they're using this as a force shaping tool. So if you're overweight, uh, there are plenty of, plenty of things out there, uh, nutrition plans that you can follow. The Navy even has a uh, Navy physical readiness program. And uh, you can get to that by going to uh, the Navy .Navy npc.navy.mil website, uh, the Navy Personnel Command website, and it's uh, it's on the front page. Uh, It says their mission is to set the foundation to instill a culture of fitness that assists sailors in developing their ability to complete tasks that support the command, mission, and Navy operational readiness. So it's all about readiness, folks. Uh, If you're in shape, you're ready, you can deploy and uh not get out there and get hurt. So it's it's more than just a force shaping tool. It's uh it's actually a readiness issue. So living within a margin, you know that that uh that also can include your finances. Um you know if you if you don't have the money, don't spend it. Uh especially if you're in the military. Um you know we uh when we're looking at uh, security clearance issues, a lot of times those are are uh, the biggest thing that that will get someone's security clearance taken away from them. Is uh, you know besides being dishonest and and all that stuff, um, the biggest thing is your finances. Being in in debt up to your eyeballs uh, poses a a great security risk to the government. And you're probably not going to get that secret or top secret clearance if you, if you have a lot of outstanding debt, a uh, huge amount of debt, it's just not going to happen. So you've, you've got to live within a margin. You, you have to have some money saved, you know, set aside. You you can't, you can't live paycheck to paycheck. Uh, just like you can't uh, be at 22% body fat or within, you know, a one pound of your of your max weight all the time and expect to stay there, uh, you, you may be having a bad day. Y- you might go over your weight on weigh-in day. You might bounce a check. Uh, you've just got to have some margin in your life. So I think I've beat a dead horse talking about margin. I mentioned it earlier, but um, let me go ahead and, and uh, bring it back up. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're either in the Navy now or you're coming into the Navy real soon. So for those of you who aren't in yet and you're thinking about coming in, understand that this is the military. It's not high school. It's not your parents' house. It's the United States Navy. I mean, it's it's the the uh, you know, what can I say? It's the most powerful navy in the world, and you're getting ready to come in and join this elite club, and it's not for everyone. I'm not your dad, I'm not your mom, and when you come into the reserves, you need to have the the what what say the uh, the drive, the determination. Uh, the motivation, all that stuff to be successful. The reserves can be uh, seen kind of as a, uh, an online school, so to speak. You know, not everybody can do an online school. You have to be really dedicated and, and focused to log in and do your assignments without going to class and having an instructor uh, teach you you really have to be focused and determined to get it done. The reserves are are much the same. You really have to be dedicated and want to do the job and and want to be in the reserves to to get it done and to become a, uh to become successful. So here's why I'm here's why I'm getting around and uh, and talking about this portion is uh, last drill as well. And if you haven't noticed this podcast is kind of uh drill weekend oriented. Um <laughs> uh, last real weekend I had a young sailor who uh he and I were having a discussion over why he didn't get something accomplished and after after a you know uh a long uh what seemed like a one way conversation, he said, I-, I guess uh you and I just see things differently. Well, you know what? He's exactly right. He and I do see things differently. And it could be because I'm, you know, 10 or 15 years older than him. Uh but I think it's mainly I see what the Navy wants and he doesn't. So I'll say this, if you're not in the reserves yet, if you're if you've never had any kind of military experience and you're thinking about coming into the reserves, let me let me caution you um this is not a one weekend a month and two weeks in the summer kind of thing sure that's really all that you have to do to get paid and to to remain in good standing but there's a ton of other stuff that needs to be done uh when you're not at work and not getting paid there are i mean simple things like emails to check uh, training to to do on the internet, little things like that that you've just got to do, and there's just not enough time on a drill weekend to get it done. So to help out your chain of command, get that stuff done early, get it done before you come into drill. it It makes the drill weekend much funner and uh you know yeah, we actually do have fun on drill weekends sometimes, but realize that you're you know this is the military. Uh, it, it's not a democracy, so to speak. It's a, it's a dictatorship uh, in some ways. Things just have to get done whether you like it or not. So if you're an active duty guy coming into the reserves, understand that that things are a little different. It's going to take some time to adjust to the way the reserves do things. Things don't happen as quickly in the reserves as they do on active duty mainly because you're only there one week in a month and two weeks in the summer. And those two weeks, you know, in the summertime are, are spent, uh, doing other things besides the, uh, the monthly training that has to get done. All right, shipmates. Thank you for, uh, staying with me here to the end, uh, of episode three. I'm hoping that episode four, five, six, and, and, uh, and, and on forward are uh, much better. I hope, uh, You know, I hope I I take out more of the, the ums and the the pops and the hisses and the the plosives and all that good, uh, podcast stuff. I'm going to try. It's going to get better. And, uh, this, this is just the beginning. I really, really am excited about this thing. And, uh, look, I understand that the Navy has a ton of podcasts that they put out. The uh, Navy visual news is, uh, is just great. I mean, those, those, uh, mass communication specialists really do a bang up job and i'm not taking anything away from them i just want to give an independent look at uh at the navy reserves and and help some of the transition between like i said between active guys coming to the reserves and uh you know no prior experience folks coming into the reserves so thank you and uh who navy